This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, July 19th, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. The failed coup in Turkey raises several important questions about the U.S. role in the world. What are U.S. obligations under NATO when a country is overthrown from within? And how is the U.S. compromised by Turkey's key strategic location and its value as a launching pad for militarism? Trevor Thrall, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, comments. It probably doesn't uh, deserve the full name coup attempt. It was, it was a, as these things go, a fairly amateurish coup attempt. Um, they, uh, the guys um, who led this coup attempt, who frankly we don't actually know their names yet uh, or exactly what uh, roles uh, they played in the military, but uh, they, they violated most of the rules of successful uh, coup. Uh, cooing. Um, they failed to capture or kill Erdogan uh, and and other key leaders. They failed to um, de- uh, to uh, secure uh, or defend against other mobile military assets that they didn't own. So they immediately faced uh, retribution from <laughs> um, other military units. Uh, and most most importantly. I suppose two two other important things. One, the support within the military itself wasn't broad enough, and quite obviously, the support among the public was not broad enough. And so, I think the hope, you know, with most coup uh, coup efforts is once we show some strength and topple the leader, the public and others will follow, and it will become a, a done deal. They almost got Erdogan, uh, as it turned out, but failed and it quickly unraveled from there. This was not a particularly effective conspiracy then? No, it was not. And it, it, it sort of makes you wonder what the guys who planned it were thinking. I, it, it's a, not just one or two sort of misreads of the situation, but several. Um, in, 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 you know, it's easy to say in hindsight, I suppose, but uh, nothing looks like it, this was a good idea. I mean, there, n- none of the tea leaves to me seem like you would have said, ah, this is the right time. Um, sort of the most observers think that this was panic, uh, essentially, because uh, Erdogan over many years has been consolidating power, um, you know, gradually drifting into a, a very sort of cultish, personality-driven authoritarianism, uh, sort of under the guise of a democracy, really consolidating power in his, his own office, and had been, uh, has been uh, trying to get a constitutional referendum passed that would essentially give him dictatorial powers under a new executive presidency. And I think many, many people in Turkey feel like the time is kind of running out where you can stop him. And, and this wasn't a good attempt, but it may have been a sort of a, in, in the minds of the coup planners, this might have been a last-ditch effort. Turkey is a NATO member, what, and an early NATO member. What does that obligate the United States to do when there is an overthrow attempt in a country that is a NATO member? It, that's an excellent question. I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the letter of the NATO law says about coming to the aid of a, um, of a NATO government. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, NATO is obligated to protect um, countries from external attack. Um, I think it's a little dicier to, you know, the question of internal attack, exactly who are you defending? Um, and in 
Point of fact, NATO has seen uh, three different coups um, in its uh, membership uh, over time, and um, successful ones. Successful ones, and in each case, um, that country remained a member of NATO. So, uh, whatever the letter of the law says, I think the reality is that if the coup had been successful and the new leadership had, um, you know, made the right kinds of overtures towards uh, the United States and Europe and and NATO. Probably there would been a, would have been no problem uh, remaining a member of NATO, and and you know no no real obligation on NATO's part to do anything. The United States, of course, is uh, compromised by the relationship that we have with Turkey in the various uh, military adventures that. Uh, U.S. military is involved in. They're a very important ally in that regard. So it seems likely that had this attempt been successful, we would have worked with whoever was there. I think so. And and there are a couple of interesting sort of angles there. I mean, the first is that, you know, the United States has not been pleased with Erdogan over a number of years as he's drifted towards authoritarianism. And so, you know, not, not that the United States has done much about it, uh, but, uh, you know, what could you do? But um, interestingly, the best relationship that the United States has with Turkey is really through the military and through NATO. So, it, you know, if the military had succeeded, um, and you say the military, but if, if, if members of the military had succeeded um, and had had you know remained reasonably you know democratic interested um, after the coup, uh, the United States may have in fact had a better relationship with Turkey had it happened. Uh, but there are a couple of other things that make uh, Turkey uh, interesting, problematic uh, moving forward. The first is as a member of NATO, uh, Turkey is actually home to maybe as many as ninety American nuclear weapons, uh, which are actually housed at Incirlik Air Base, which. Uh, you know, coincidentally, ironically, um, is um, uh, the 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 Air Force general in charge of the air base there uh, was arrested and in the aftermath of the coup. Uh, so that kind of raises all sorts of questions about the security of the nuclear weapons there. Uh, the Turkish government actually cut power to the base, so the security at the base was undoubtedly compromised during the coup. And you know, if things had gone differently, um, you, you know, you could have had all sorts of questions about how safe uh, the nuclear weapons were there. Um, and so, so you know, the United States has a, a definite interest in Turkish stability, regardless of who's running the country because of the nuclear weapons there. And the second, as you point out, is uh, you know, Turkey is, is, because of its location, because of its uh, military assets, because of its air bases, uh, is critical to the U.S. strategy, you know, today's strategy for fighting uh, the Islamic State. Um, it shares a very long border with Syria. It shares a border with Iraq. And, um, and ha- you know, has to be part of the solution in the region to bottling up the Islamic State. Uh, you know, the problem uh, there, though, is that um, Turkey has been a diffident uh, ally or partner in the campaign against uh, the Islamic State. Um, Erdogan has had other priorities, uh, both domestically, uh, but also security-wise. His bigger concern than ISIS, um, historically, of course, has been the Kurds. Um, the Kurds who, um, you know, are, make up about 15 percent of the Turkish population, but also considerable chunks of the populations in Iraq and Syria have long wanted their own territory. And, um, you know, Erdogan opposes that violently. Um, And the Kurds have sort of been labeled terrorists by um, the Turkish government for a long time. And uh, Erdogan has, uh, you know, gone back and forth between escalating the war against the Kurds and trying to have a 
you know, sort of ceasefire with the Kurds. But um, you know, in terms of fighting the Syrian civil war, he's you know wants to fight the Kurds in Syria who are fighting ISIS and who the U.S. is supporting. So the U.S. has been at odds with Turkey over that. It's very confusing exactly what side of the campaign against ISIS um, Turkey is on at any given moment because of this. Uh, and one of the big things the U.S. has hammered Turkey about is the border with Syria. ISIS makes a lot of its money by looting and selling goods and oil and other things, uh, much of which the United States believes goes through the border with, into Turkey to be sold. Um, the international market. And the Turks, um, A, they make money from this, um, sort of below the table, um, but also it would take effort that they are currently spending other places to to patrol what's a very long, it's a 500-mile-long border. It's a long and rugged border, would be a lot of effort and cost. And the United States has you know been complaining for a long time to get them to do it. They haven't done it. And after the coup, it's hard to see them being better, more diligent, more interested, and even as capable, because um, Erdogan has just uh, arrested about a third of the top military leadership. It's, it's hard to see them being an effective fighting force um, moving forward for quite some time. Trevor Thrall is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.